Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of How to Adult with Travis Walker. Today, I brought on a very special guest. She, I know her from high school. She is out there thriving as a single mom. And today, we're learning all about single motherhood. And this incredible guest, her name is Savannah Love. She is a nurse. She is uh, has two daughters. They're amazing. And so in this episode, we really just dive into all of the things that single moms think about, all the things that we can learn. I learned so much from Savannah's story. I learned so much of how she views family and how she approaches family. It's so, so good. So get excited. We are going to get into the show in just a moment. But first... Make sure that you're sharing the episode. If you're listening to the episode, share the episode. Very simple. It's not that complicated. Uh, So go share the episode. And also, if you're interested in sponsoring an episode, let me know. Let's work something out and let's sponsor this episode. With all that being said, y'all, let's get into the show and learn how to adult. All right, Savannah, welcome to the How to Adult podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. I am so excited. I I follow you on social media, so I see how uh, amazing you are, right? But I I think that's just like, that's just the the face surface, right? There's so much more, and especially considering that you're a single mom, I feel like we have so much to learn from you. Yes, people only share the what they want to on social media. So, <laughs> right. I know you're a big advocate for that, right? You only get to see the perfect side of things on social media. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So before we start getting into like the questions that I have for you, I just kind of really quick want to get to know you. Uh, what's your age? What's your location? What do you do for work? Uh, just so people can get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So I am 24. Um, I currently, I'm from Texas and I currently live in Nebraska in Omaha. Um, and I'm an ER nurse. I just finished out a travel contract at one of the ERs here and, um, I've been a nurse for going on three years now. So. Wow. Wow. That's great. That's great. Any, can you share like a short, like crazy story about being an ER nurse? Oh my. Oh, that would, that would, that would take, that would take the rest of the show. And it's always something crazy. You know, we have, we, in one day and one 12 hour shift, you know, we'll see a lot of really sad things and a lot of really crazy, funny things. And uh, a lot of really disgusting things. There's um, one of my, my favorite stories that um, I like to tell, which I, I try to, you know, you have to be careful with how you word things because of, you know, confidentiality and stuff, but sure. Uh, he took care of um, one a coworker's family member one time. She came in and she was um, she had had a, a massive heart attack and um, she basically had passed away at home. And so they brought her in and um, we were uh, working on her, basically trying to restart her heart. And um, her daughter, our coworker, came in and was um, sitting there in the in the room watching us you know code her and everything and I told her to come over and grab her hand and uh as soon as she grabbed her hand her mom's heart started again oh my gosh I even I get chills right now just thinking of it and uh she she did end up passing away a couple of days later but um we got her up to the cath lab and uh I actually rode on top of her straddled her and was doing chest compressions while my tears were dripping down on her face and uh and uh, wow. 
to keep her blood flowing and stuff. And um, yeah, we got her up to the cath lab and she did unfortunately end up um, passing away. She stayed on the vent the whole time in the ICU, but she lived long enough to where, you know, her family from out of town and stuff could come in and say their goodbyes. And, you know, they were able to kind of have that closure instead of it just being a, an immediate, you know, thing. So, but that's probably wow. work story to, to tell. It's uh, it really, I mean, a year later, it still brings me to tears. So, right. Right. I, I got chills when you said that. That's insane. Uh, wow. Wow. I know nurses are doing amazing work and they have been doing amazing work for for years and years and years. So uh, just from me to you, I appreciate you. I appreciate nurses. It's just uh, amazing everything that y'all do. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for your support. <laughs> Absolutely. I know it's not like a piece of change in the bucket, but it's all right. <laughs> so we're here to talk about uh, single moms and single mom experiences. You're a single mom. And so, uh, just so that we can kind of understand your scenario, what's the makeup of your family? Obviously there's you, what else is going on in that family of yours? So I have a six-year-old daughter named Sutton. Um, she's my best friend in the world. I was very young when I had her, I was 18. Um, and I was college. I'd just finished my first semester of college. So she pretty much grew up with me. You know, she watched me go through college. She watched me go through nursing school. Um, she has literally been here since I was, you know, a fresh brand new adult. So, um, we have a different bond just because, you know, we got to grow up together. She watched me struggle and she watched me, you know, come up and become what I am now. Um, and then I just had uh, a month ago, I had another little girl named Monroe. Her name's Monroe Juliet. We call her MJ. And yes. uh, yeah, she, she got here a month ago and I was actually super duper scared to have her um, because it had been just Sutton and I for so long and we were so close and I was like, oh my gosh, what, how is she going to respond to the baby being here? You know, she's so used to it just being the two of us and um but she's done so good. She's adjusted so well. She, you know, she's the best big sister, loves her baby sister, obsessed. So yeah, it's gone really good. So my two girls, it's, it's us three. Wow. You just got a little lady pack. I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. So, uh, I, I've loved watching uh, uh, from social media, obviously. I've loved watching Sutton grow up. It's just she's she's growing up into such an awesome little kid. So uh, great job with her. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. So I think you're in the perfect position to inspire single moms out there uh, because, you know, you have your daughter that just got out of kindergarten, right, Sutton? I did kindergarten yesterday, actually. Yes. Oh, my gosh. What an accomplishment. And then you also have got Monroe. Uh, so to me, that means you have already succeeded as a single mom and you're still continuing that journey as a single mom. So I'm, I think there's a lot that we can learn. And uh, so do you have a lot of single mom friends or are you kind of the single mom in your friend group? Um, I do, actually. I have a lot of single mom friends. And it's funny because, um, you know, being as young as I was when I had Sutton, I didn't have a lot of friends in real life that were going through the same thing I did. I didn't have, you know, a lot of friends that were pregnant or that were having babies because, you know, I, I was young and they shouldn't have been having babies that young anyway. And so, <laughs> um, so I actually made a lot of friends through social media, um, that I've kept up with for years now. I mean, since some, some, since I was pregnant with Sutton, 
Um, so it's been pretty cool. You know, my, my best friend that, um, lives in the city that I live in now, she actually is someone that I met through Twitter about six years ago. And we just stayed very, very close friends. And, uh, about two years ago, I flew to Omaha for the first time to see her. And ever since then, you know, we've gotten closer and, um, we, I mean, we, we pretty much raise our kids together now. So it's, um, so she, yeah, so she's a single mom. That's awesome. Um, she, yeah. she's engaged now. Um, and her fiance is fantastic. He, you know, treats her kid like she's his own and honestly treats my kids like they're his own also. Um, but yeah, she's wow. single mom and a lot, I do have a lot of, a lot of friends that are single moms too, that are, you know, fantastic and killing the game just like I am. So <laughs> Yeah, honestly, honestly. So let's rewind a little bit. Uh, kind of, I guess, I, I'm not sure exactly when it is in the story, but I'm assuming that it's with Sutton. Uh, so when you first found out, uh, or you learned, or you start to see the writing on the wall that you're going to be a single mom, it, it just, it, you knew that it was going to happen. What were the feelings that you were going through in that, um, kind of the transition in that sense? Um, I was scared, mostly. Um her dad and I were together until she was just over two. Um, we had split up one time before when she was a year old, but I was in nursing school and mm-hmm. part-time at that time. So I, you know, I didn't have any money and I didn't, you know, I was scared because I still had so much school left and without getting, you know, too deep into the personal stuff. Um, I was very scared of what was to come as far as, you know, court was concerned and her safety was concerned and things like that. Um, thankfully I have an amazing family. Um, I have Mm -hmm. an awesome support system. So I, I honestly don't think that I could have gotten myself out of that situation if I did not have the support that I do. And, um, I feel like a lot of times, you know, it's so easy for people to just say, well, you know, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just get out of that situation if it's not good for you? But it takes so much support to even have the confidence to do that and feel Mm -hmm. that, you know, and so a lot of people get stuck in these bad situations because they don't have the support that I thankfully, you know, was able to have. So, wow. Yeah, I can totally see that. And, and uh, I can I can only imagine the the amount of fear, the amount of anxiety when when you start to see that writing on the wall that this is could be uh, your your new life. I, I'm sure that there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. Uh, was there any anxiety that you had during that time that you found wasn't true or maybe wasn't as hard for you to figure out? Uh, you know, you know, people have anxiety and they it, it almost uh, dwindles away as you start to figure out and go through the journey. Was there anything for you that was, you were anxious about, but you know, didn't really turn out to be true. What, what was your experience? Um, I guess just knowing that I was doing things alone was very scary. Um, and it's hard to, I guess, hard to imagine that everything's going to be okay when you're going through it or when you're about to go through it. You know, you have all these thoughts in your head and you're like, how am I going to do this by myself? How am I going to go to school? And how am I going to finish, you know, this, this, and that, and how, how will I do this by myself? And then, you know, you just take that jump and you just do it. And it just, you know, it, I mean, you just do what you have to do. And honestly, I get messed up a lot 
from people. I try to respond most of the time. Sometimes I just can't. Um, but yeah. you get a lot of messages saying, you know, how did you do it? How did you go to nursing school as a single mom? And, you know, and honestly, sometimes my answer is just, I just did it. Like, there's just no, you know, there's no real secret behind anything. I just knew that I had to do it and I just did it. And, you know, I, it was hard for a while and nursing school is not easy for sure. Um, but I knew that that's what I wanted. And I knew that that's the life that I wanted for my daughter. And I don't regret it for a second. I love my job and, you know, my profession means everything to me. It's probably third in my life behind my two girls. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I was mostly scared about school and about, you know, failing basically. And you just have to push through it pretty much and just realize that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And that even though things are hard right now, it's not going to keep being hard forever. So, right. Right. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I can actually connect to that because once people, other people found out that Amber and I were going to have twins, they were like, how are you going to do it? And we were like, we don't have a choice. Like it just, you just do <laughs> <No>. it. <laughs> exactly. Just the other day I, I had taken both the girls out for breakfast and uh, it was just me and the girls like it always is. And the waitress came up to us and said, you're so brave for taking your two girls out. How do you do it? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have a choice. It's literally me and my, my daughters. There's no, there's no other choice. <laughs> so yeah, that that's um, definitely can that, relate to that. Not, you know, it is what it is. This is my life, you know? Right. That's so interesting that you bring that up because, you know, other people looking in, they see how hard it is. Uh, and they, I don't really understand that. Why do you think people from the outside look in and I don't know, doubt us in the sense of getting it done or just doing the darn thing? What, what, what do you think that question comes from or that comment that, that, that waitress gave you? I don't know. I think a lot of times, um, I think they mean it as a compliment and basically like you're, you're tough, you know, and just like if, you know, someone sees you guys in public and sees you wrangling the twins and stuff, they're like, oh, you know, how do you do it? And they mean it in a positive, you know, you're very strong and that's really awesome type of way. But sometimes it's like, why would you ask me that? Why, like, <laughs> have a choice, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I, right. I take it negatively. I know that people mean well and they, they're never just trying to, you know, they're never trying to be, you know, anything but nice about it. So, Right, right. Totally. So you've already kind of hinted at this a few times with your family and your friends, but we always hear that it takes a village to raise kids. We hear that over and over again. Uh, what does your support system look like and how important is that specifically to a single mom perspective? Uh, so I, I know like some moms, like when they when they have their kids, they like turn off. They don't want to help. They don't want help because they want to prove themselves as a mother. But how important is that support system? What does yours look like? How important is it? Uh, and, and why does it affect single moms more so than than other moms? Uh, that's an awesome question. I I know that as a mom, a lot of moms deal with a lot of mom guilt. Um, I think as a single mom, it kind of amplifies, um, my support system for both girls looks a lot different, um, because sorry, my daughter's crying. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. 
as so as a single mom with Sutton, um, when I was still in nursing school, I relied very, very heavily on my family, um, which I, you know, I, I really, really am not the type to go out and do things. Uh, you know, I don't go out and drink things like that. Um, so really I just would rely on them when I had to go to school or when I had to go to work or, um, for a while when I lived in Texas, um, I lived probably five minutes or less down the road from my mom and Mm -hmm. teacher and Sutton was in pre-K at the same school that she taught at. So Sutton would, I was working days. So I'd work 7am to 7pm. And then I had an hour drive, almost an hour. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I would drop her off early, early in the morning. My mom would bring her with her to school. She would spend the day at uh, pre-K and then she would ride home with her after school. And uh, my mom would keep her for a few more hours until I got home. And that's what my days looked like whenever I worked. Um, And then with this baby, um, things are significantly different for me because I've moved and my whole support system has changed. You know, I, I still have support for my family emotionally, but they're halfway across the country. So it's different. Um, fortunately I haven't had to go back to work yet, uh, but I will soon. But, um, when I was pregnant with, um, and then, you know, Sutton was in kindergarten, I would, um, I worked 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. shifts for the most part. There were a few different, um, a few different shifts, but for the most part, I worked uh, afternoons and evenings. And so, I would drop Sutton off at school in the morning, come home and try to sleep a little bit. I was I was pregnant at the time, so I would come home and try to, sleep. and then I would I would go to work, and I would get off around 4 a.m. I would come home, mm-hmm. go to sleep and wake up at like seven 30, go pick Sutton up from my friend's house where she stayed the night after she got off school and I would take her to school again. And so that's pretty much how things worked. And my friend is, it was always like, you know, I can take Sutton to school. It's not a big deal. And this is kind of where, you know, the whole independence and trying to prove yourself comes from because, you know, she would always say, I can take her to school. You don't have to get up, you know, after only sleeping for an hour or so, uh, you know, you don't have to get back up and come take Sutton. But I, I was so almost prideful, but more of like, it was more of kind of like a mom guilt thing for me where, sure, you know, I'd already uprooted her and changed her whole life. And, um, I was already working a lot and she wasn't seeing me as much. And so I would just do what I could, you know, to see her even for a few minutes in the mornings before I dropped her off at school and things like that. And so, but I've really, really had to work on, um, the pride thing for sure. And trying to prove myself and trying to, you know, be all these things and have a million hands instead of just focusing on the two hands that I have and, you know, just doing what I could with the time that I had. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could not be more thankful for the support system that I have, you know, in both situations, it's, it's completely different, but I mean, now my daughters are both loved by so many people here in Nebraska. We have a little chosen family, like I'd said earlier, where, you know, my best friend lives here, her best friend and her sister that I've gotten very close to also. And then my best friend's fiance, 
um, he's kind of taken all three of our kids on as his own. We always joke and say that he's my kid's stepdad. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shout out to this guy, whoever he is. He's amazing. I want to, I want to be his friend. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> and, and my friend Haley is absolutely fantastic. Her sister. I mean, I, I, if there was, you know, if there was any, any way that I could pick a better situation, I really don't think that I could. Um, sure. And, you know, of course, being around your family is the most important thing, but they're honestly the next best thing. And I could not be more thankful for the situation that I, that I'm in now. So. Amen. Amen. That That's incredible. That's inspiring. Uh, so, so knowing that you had Sutton uh, at, at 18, do you, you know, I hear this a lot as well in the terms of having to grow up too fast or missing out on things that, that you otherwise wouldn't have missed out on. Did you have any of those feelings? And if so, how did you work through those feelings? Um, so it was a little bit different for me because I am 13 years older than my brother. So when my little brother was born, I'm the oldest sibling. And so I kind of took on like you know, the second little mama bear role for him. So it was already kind of normal for me to be, to have that like maternal, um, you know, persona about me. Um, yeah. And I already kind of wasn't really like when I was in high school, I really didn't, I didn't drink. I didn't go to parties or do anything like that. You know, I kind of just did my own thing. And um, can and confirm. it wasn't really hard for me. It wasn't really something I had to give up. Um, it was, it was a little bit hard being in college and not being able to, you know, go out with my friends and do things, you know, I, I can count on half of the hand, how many times I, I went out <laughs> with my, my friends in college just because, you know, I had a baby and, um, but you know, I, I don't really feel like it was a whole lot that I missed out on because that's just not really my personality anyways. And nowadays I do you know, I, I like to do things here and there every now and then, but I'm just, I'm more of a low key. I like to go outside and, and, uh, you know, go to the pool and things like that more than anything else. So I, I don't really feel like I'm missing out a whole lot on the yeah. young things, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And kind of sticking with that same theme, have you ever see, or maybe you've received judgment have you ever been judged based on being a oh, young mom or being a single mom what what does that look like and how do you work through that that honestly is one of the hardest things I've had to deal with um because wow. becoming a young mom you know obviously people are going to judge you regardless and so that's something that I've I'm used to I've you know um and then being a single mom of two now is I feel like in my brain, I get more judgment than I really do. But, mm. but like I've said before, I, I am very, very hard on myself. And so I'm just constantly, I've had to try to let go of what other people think and just try to be the best that I can be for my girls and, you know, not worry too much about what other people say. And, um, I feel like I judge myself a lot too, if that makes sense. Oh um, yeah, definitely. I might judge myself more than other people judge me, to be honest. Um, just because, you know, I have a lot of, um, 
I carry a lot of like, I should have done this differently, or I shouldn't have done this or, you know, and, but then I have to stop myself and think, you know, I have the two most perfect girls and I did, you know, there were some choices that I made that I should have thought more about before I made those choices. Um, but if I didn't make those choices, then I would not have the two amazing, perfect girls that I have. And I just have to accept things for how they are and just keep going, you know? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. I, I can totally see that. Oh, I'm, le I'm learning. I'm not a single mom, but I'm learning from you, darn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. So I, I think a, a big elephant in the room that I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners are thinking about is, is the financial sense of things. So how did you navigate the financial, uh, I, I don't want to say burden, but it, the financial responsibility as a single mom with all the necessities, daycare, diapers, how did you navigate that area financial uh, specifically? Right. So um, when I was young and when I was a single mom with Sutton, I was able to rely on my family a lot. Um, I So when I was finishing nursing school, I had moved in with my aunt. Um, she lived about an hour away from the university that I went to. And so I lived with her and she didn't charge me anything to live there. And I basically would babysit her kids and clean her house and cook for them. I cooked for them. I mean, probably half the week. Um, mm -hmm. I would make meals for them and stuff and just try to do anything that I could to help out and earn my keep there pretty much. And, um, so that's how I was able to, you know, have somewhere to live and provide stability for Sutton. And, um, once I finished nursing school, I briefly moved in with my mom while I was looking for my own place. Um, so I lived with her for a few months and then this house came up that just happened to kind of fall at my feet. Um, at that point I'd been working for probably four or five months as a nurse. So I was able to save some money and, um, found this house and it was perfect. It was little bitty perfect for Sutton and I. And, um, so I was able to buy a house with a first time buyer's loan where I didn't have to put, um, a big chunk of money down. Um, my aunt is a real estate agent, so she helped with that too. And she helped, you know, get me deals and things like that. And so it just kind of worked out perfectly where I didn't have to put forth a big chunk of money and I was able to buy a house and have something that was, you know, stable for my daughter and I, the mortgage was probably, it was less than 700 a month. And so that's how I did that. And wow. uh, yeah, so, and that's where we stayed until I moved here, which was a, a huge financial burden, you know, planning for a new baby and things like that. But I thankfully was able to get a contract through a travel agency um, and rates were very high at that point because of COVID and stuff. And so I was able to make probably three times more than I made at my staff nurse job back home in Texas. Wow. That's how I was able to, you know, save money and prepare for the baby and take care of the girls by myself. Um, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's pretty much how yeah. I, yeah. And I, I was able to finish school without loans. Thankfully I, I, um, got a, a scholarship and then I, um, and then I got the Pell grant too. So that covered all my tuition. So I didn't have any 
any student loans or anything when I finished college. So that was one less thing that I had to worry about. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my gosh. It seems like just things fell into place. Uh, that's, that's awesome. It just blows my mind. Each thing that's fallen into place, even, you know, with the, when the contract started with my job and it ended, you know, a couple of days before I gave birth to this, this little girl, it just all, it all just happens so perfectly that there's no way that it was not meant to be the way that it is, you know? Oh yeah. I, I feel the same way uh, about, we, we recently moved, uh, across Texas. Um, but you know, things just fell into place and, and when things just fall into place to me, that means you're doing the right thing. Right. Um, have you had the same experience with that? With what? I'm sorry. With uh, with with things just falling into place, does that make you feel like you're making the right decision? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Whenever, um, actually, a few a few things fell into place majorly with this whole situation that I've been put in. Um, I I'm trying to get my phone set up. <laughs> I had to plug it in. That's perfect. Um, yes. So, so I, um, like I said, I got this travel contract and, um, I was able to start within literally the perfect amount of time in order to be able to finish it before I gave birth. I was supposed to have about a week or two after I finished working to, you know, kind of be home and prepare for the baby and everything, but she ended up coming early but I still was able to finish work before then. Um, she yeah. came two days after I stopped working. And then my mom actually got to be here for her birth that we, and we did not expect that she had booked some tickets way ahead in advance um, back in January for Easter weekend. Cause she had some time off for work and uh, she flew here and I went into labor the next day. So she got to be here for the birth and everything, but she wouldn't have been able to be here regardless, you know, otherwise. So it just, I love you know, that. little tiny things that fall into place. And it's like, okay, this obviously is like, is how it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. I think another question that I have is, you know, I'm watching my wife become a mom for the first time. And it's been incredible to watch, watch her go through that, that transition, that process. So I'm interested when you, when you became a mom for the first time, how'd you navigate becoming a mom? Or, or maybe I think the, the single mom thing happened later. So how was your transition from, uh, you know, having a support partner to, to not? What was that transition like? Um, I wouldn't say I really ever had a supportive partner. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. There, no, no, that's okay. There, you know, we were together, but it was... I was more of, you know, I was getting up with her by myself at night and which, you know, I, I breastfed. So there was really nothing that her dad could do anyway. And so, but it kind of was, it kind of went from, you know, I'm going to have this baby to, I have this baby and I'm pretty much doing things by myself, you know, regardless. And so whenever I finally left, it was kind of, um, it was nerve wracking, but I, at the same time, I was telling myself, well, I'm already pretty much doing things by myself anyways, you know? Um, right. so the transition, I wouldn't say was super hard as far as, you know, having a partner versus not because 
there was a lot more peace when I did not have a partner um, Mm. versus when I did as far as, you know, the arguments and things like that. And um, I just always tell people, you know, I have a lot of women that reach out to me and they're, they're like, you know, I'm with my, my partner and he's, you know, abusive or he's, he, you know, is physically abusive or emotionally abusive or whatever it is. And they're like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go from, you know, having a two parent household to it being only me. And I always say, um, you know, it's worth it for sure. Cause it seems like it's going, it seems like it's going to be damaging to the kid to be raised in, you know, a single parent household. But honestly, that's so much better than growing up and seeing chaos and, you know, arguing and unhappiness and things like that. I always tell people, I'm like, your kids deserve a happy mom regardless. Mm. And, um, you know, whatever that looks like, whatever you have to do to give that to them, to give them a happy mom, that's what they need. They don't need a two parent household. If it's toxic, they don't need, you know, they don't need a relationship with the other parent if they're not a good person. And if they're a toxic person, you know, they, they need someone that is going to take care of them. That's in a good headspace and is happy. And it's your job to provide that for them. You can only control yourself and your own happiness. You can't control how someone else is going to treat you or how someone else is going to treat your kid. So you just have to focus on, you know, I need to be the best version of myself in order to parent my kids the way that they deserve. So, Oh my gosh, Mike drop. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Uh, so sticking with that same theme uh, of peace, you said that word peace. And I think that's really important. Uh, how do you pro- approach also taking care of yourself through all of this? You know, uh, your, your needs as a human, your needs as a young human. How do you t- how do you take care of yourself while also taking care of your two girls at the same time? So that's that's pretty hard. Um, definitely still hard for me since the baby is so young um because she's only a month and so it definitely is hard as a single mom and with my kids still being in school and things like that it's it is hard to find time for yourself and do things for yourself but I will say that I'm very lucky because my baby is very very well behaved and I know that not everyone gets that luxury (laughs) um oh yeah but honestly you know I can take her in public and she'll sleep the entire time as long as I nurse her beforehand and sometimes I'll step off and nurse her somewhere, you know, while we're out or whatever, but I'm able to, you know, go get my nails done or go, uh, there was, you know, I went and got my hair done and I was there for like three hours and she slept the entire time. So it was really, you know, I've been able to kind of force myself to do things for myself because otherwise I'll just go crazy if I, if I'm not taking care of myself too. But, um, yeah, even, and People say all the time, you know, new moms, and I I know I went through this too, but new moms are like, well, I can't even shower without the baby crying, or I can't even, you know, I I can't even do this, this or that without, you know, the baby crying. I can't get anything done. And, you know, babies can cry and it is okay for babies to cry. I will, you know, nurse the baby, put her down in her swing and I'll go take a bath and I will soak in a hot bath because that's what makes me feel good. And that's how I can decompress. And if she starts crying, she's going to be okay. You know, she's not going to die crying for 
a couple of minutes. It's, you know, it's such an instinctual thing to just stop what you're doing and immediately rush to your baby and, you know, make sure that they're okay. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll get out of the bath and I'll bring her her binky and I'll pop her little binky in her mouth and that'll satisfy her for a little bit. But, you know, it's so easy to just completely ignore yourself and what you need and what you want Mm -hmm. for your baby. And you know what, my baby is going to grow up and she's not going to remember, Hey, my mom was taking a bath and I was crying for three minutes. That's so messed up. You know, (laughs) she's going to remember, Hey, my mom was taking care of herself and she was happy. And so she was able to, you know, be happy taking care of me because she was taken care of also. So Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, definitely a quick transition that, that Amber and I have had to make of it, it's okay if they cry for a little bit Absolutely. Uh, and we're, we're getting better and better at it, but it, it, it is like kind of abnormal at first to just let the baby cry for a little <laughs> while. Uh, <laughs> and then sometimes you'll take a shower and you'll be like, what was that? Is the baby crying? And the baby sound asleep, but in your brain, you hear your baby crying. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The brain is crazy in that sense. Yeah. Uh, so also sticking with it, uh, I, I'm going to stick with the theme of, of you as an individual for, for a few more minutes. I don't know if this is true for you or not, uh, but I'm, I'm curious, do you have a desire for a partner? And, and how does if you do have a desire to have a partner, how is it more complex searching for that partner while you have children? Uh, I'm interested in kind of that aspect of life as well. So right now, I really it's not really a goal of mine, if that makes sense, to go out and find a life partner. It's not. Sure. I, my life and my family is complete in my brain right now. I don't feel like I'm missing a partner. I don't feel like I need that type of help because I feel like I've got it by myself. You know, um, I eventually, you know, I want to start dating again eventually. And I want, I want to, you know, find people that make me laugh. And, you know, I, it's not... <sighs> right now to me that's not in my near future maybe yeah. maybe my far away future but right now you know i'm satisfied taking care of my kids and i'm really just looking to go back to work that's what i want to do <laughs> yeah. um, but um yeah it it does make dating a little bit weird and a little bit difficult because you know on one hand you're like okay i want things to be light i don't want to like immediately be looking for someone that could fit in with my kids and things like that. You know, you don't, you don't want to put that type of pressure on casual dating, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to waste this person's time if I can't see them, you know, filling that role. So it kind of makes things weird because you're like, I don't, you don't want to put too many expectations on things, but at the same time, you know, if that were to progress and move further, you would want them to be someone that you would be comfortable around your kids. Right. Um, yeah. So it definitely does make dating a little bit weird. And um, I feel like a lot of people want to rush into, you know, oh, let me meet your kid or, you know, from past experience, people that I've dated, they're like, well, let me meet Sutton. I want to meet Sutton. She's important to you. And I'm like, okay, um, no. First of all, <laughs> first of all, no, you're not meeting my precious angel. She's like a diamond that I just protect from everybody. I'm like, I don't want you around my children um, whatsoever. And I don't know. It just, it's like, 
you want to protect your kids just in case something happens, you know, but you also don't want to like keep that person from your kids forever because you have to know how they're going to interact with your kids and stuff. So I don't know. It just, I think it's situational. It just, it depends on the situation. It's different for each and every single person, you know, what they're comfortable with and um, you know, what's okay for them and how they feel a certain person is going to be around or treat their kids. And I'm not saying I'm perfect in any way because my ex did meet my daughter And, uh, that was really hard for me was not only he and I breaking up, but my kid being confused. And so that's definitely something that I don't want her to have to experience, you know, multiple times. So, um, I think for me, I don't know how I'll feel once I do start dating, but I'm kind of setting rules for myself where, you know, we have to be together for X amount of time before you're able to meet my kids or, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. And like I said, that's going to be different for everybody. It'll look different for every single situation. Um, So yeah, I guess it just would just depend on, you know, what you're comfortable with. So yeah, I mean, that and and jumping back a few minutes, just it's, it's so refreshing to hear your satisfaction with uh, your family is complete now. Uh, That is such a a powerful statement. And I'm sure it took, uh, I'm sure it took some time to to get to that point of, you know, mentally being satisfied and knowing that your family is full where you're at. Um, Right. That's great. That's that's just incredibly impactful. Uh, Sticking with that same theme of the future, right? You know, dating's in the future. Do you think of or really give any mind to, you know, the kid, your kid's future in the sense of, uh, you know, maybe dad not being being present, maybe any concerns that uh, any impact that that might have of not having a father present? Uh, have you thought about that at all? And, and is that something you're concerned about? I'm sure people out there think about it. So I wanted to address it. I think about that every single day. Uh, yeah. every day. And I actually have had an experience with both situations kind of, because as a kid, um, my parents split up before I was born and I was my dad's only child. And he passed away two years ago in August. Um, but he, he was really pretty hands-off my whole childhood. There were times when I was younger where I would go visit him and, you know, we always had a good relationship. He wasn't ever mean. He wasn't that type of, you know, person, but he just was irresponsible and he just, you know, didn't know how to be a father. Um, so he was pretty absent as I grew up. I think that caused a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the issues that I have now as an adult um, mm. that I'm going to work through. Um, but I also, um, my mom was married to a man for over 10 years And he was very emotionally abusive and very, you know, I grew up seeing a lot of toxicity and this is not, you know, a knock at my mom whatsoever because she's an incredible woman and she's done, you know, I mean, she, she has done everything for me and my siblings. Um, But she was married for a while to my ex stepdad and he was not a nice person. You know, he was, there was a lot of toxicity in that house. Um, and the older that I got, the more I saw it and it affected me a lot too. And so I think, you know, I think back and I'm, I'm in therapy. I actually see two therapists and, uh, I have an appointment with one of them later on today. And so we've kind of been going through my childhood and, 
and stuff. And, you know, I do think that my dad being absent, um, impacted me significantly, but I think that witnessing all of the abuse and all of the, you know, toxicity and stuff in my home with my mom and stepdad affected mm-hmm. me significantly more. And so wow. I fortunately and unfortunately got to see both situations. And now I think, you know, with my girls, what I, what I rather them see the toxicity and, you know, have to hear me cry and have to hear, you know, someone belittling me and being mean to me and, you know, screaming at me and things like that. Would I rather that, or would I rather them grow up in a home with only a mom, but a happy mom, Mm. you know? Um, and I just, you know, I've struggled a lot, especially with Monroe's dad, with this situation where, you know, I want her to have a relationship with her father because every kid deserves that. I feel like, but I also don't want to force someone to be something that they're not willing to be on their own, you know? Right. Um, So that's pretty much where we're at with that. And, um, I'm trying not to get like too, <laughs> too detailed in, in the fine. situation, you know, um, no. but yeah, it, um, I, I've been able to see both. And to me, it's worth being alone and raising kids alone. Um, it's a hundred percent worth it to, to yeah. keep, to protect them and, and them not grow up seeing their mom, you know, being treated that way. So that's that's totally fair, and th- this is a very you know private side of your life. So I really appreciate you sharing this. Uh, I think it, a lot of people are going to learn from you. If anything, I've learned from you. So uh, I appreciate you sharing what you're willing to share. That's fantastic. I want to end on a happier note, though. Let's end on a happy note. <laughs> okay. I, I think <laughs> I feel like we all we all need that. So uh, I want to know what is the best thing about being a single mom. What is the best thing about being a single mom? Um, just watching your little baby's personality develop and watching them do amazing things and knowing that they're a great person because of you pretty much, um, without taking much ownership over, you know, their own personalities and their own accomplishments and things. Uh, literally just this morning, I, I took Sutton to school. She got up a little bit early today, which is not, um, not very common for her. Most of the time she doesn't want to wake up in the mornings, but (laughs) a little bit early and we came downstairs and, you know, we got dressed and ready for school and stuff. And we left, um, we left the house and I came back and I went into the kitchen to go make my coffee. And I realized that she had already made my coffee for me. She, oh my I, have, gosh. I have a Keurig. So she put the little pod in there and, uh, she, there was, my coffee was sitting there waiting for me and, uh, it already had the cream and the sugar in it exactly how I like it. And it just like, just the tiniest little things. And you're like, that is the kindest thing. She didn't have to do that. You know, she just thought, hey, you know, my mom needs some coffee this morning. I'm going to make it for her so she doesn't have to make it. And she just just like knowing the attention to detail that she that, you know, she she just pays so much attention to the little things, how much sugar I like in my coffee and, you know, things like that. And just the, the kindness that just just the tiny little things. And you're like, you know what? It's hard, but I'm 
I'm obviously doing something right because my kid, you know, is so thoughtful, just the tiniest little things. And you're like, you know, that is 100% because I've taught her to be the kind person that she is, you know, nobody else. That was, that was me. And uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. I would say that's probably the best part about motherhood in general. So especially single motherhood is like, you know, watching your kids be empathetic and kind and, you know, watch them make, you know, generous gestures and things like that. And just know that, you know, you're doing, you're doing something right, obviously. (laughs) Amen. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go cry now. Um, So (laughs) that was a beautiful story. Um, So we're, we're closing in on the end of the show and uh, you know, we both got to get back to our babies. So I'm interested in that final piece of advice or that final piece uh, of motivation or inspiration to the single moms out there. What, what, what would you close on? What would you say is the most important thing? I would say just, you know, just do it. It's worth it. hundred percent worth it. If you're unhappy in your situation that you're in, then you have the power to change it. You can do it. Looking back now, being a single mom for almost five years now of my kids, six years of life. Um, it, I was scared looking forward and knowing everything that I was going to have to face and knowing the judgment that I was going to have to face. And, but now that, now that I'm here looking back, it was all worth it. And I, I'm so happy and proud of myself for doing what I've done. And, you know, you can still go to school you can still be successful. You can still, you know, move on and, and have a happy life. And, you know, you can have a house and have peace and happiness with, with your family and your family doesn't have to be a mom, a dad, and a kid. It can be a mom and a kid Mm. that can be your entire family. And, you know, before the baby came, my family was, you know, my immediate family was me and Sutton. We were a family and that's right. whole in and of itself it's not it wasn't missing a piece and you know now that mj is here i'm like well obviously it was missing a piece because here she is and she you know she fits in perfectly but but you know it being just you and your kids does not mean that it's not that it's missing something or that you know your kids are going without or anything because you can do everything that anybody else can do by yourself Mm. wow Wow. I know I'm inspired. So I'm sure anyone that listens to this is going to be incredibly inspired. Um, So if people want to go, you know, follow you and follow your story, I don't know if you allow people to do that or not, but where should they go if, if you do allow it? Um, any, any social media, I have Twitter and I have Instagram. My Twitter's a little, uh, I say a lot of stupid stuff on there. (laughs) Mostly (laughs) being funny or saying stupid stuff, but you know, I do open up some on there. And sometimes I will talk about my situation. And, you know, like I told you before the podcast started, I, I tend to overshare sometimes. So (laughs) there's a lot of that. Um, that probably would, would, um, be the place to get the most, um, the most honest version of me. And then of course, Instagram, I'm sharing pictures and things like that, but you know, just like anybody else, I, there's things that I leave off of my social media. There's things that, you know, I highlight all my social media. So honestly, nothing is ever real that you read. It's all just like a, a pretty, a pretty depth version of, of, you know, of real life. So. Wow. 
Wow. Well, that is, uh, that's incredible. And, and thank you for always doubling down on social media is not always real. I think that's such an important, uh, thing to push out into society. Uh, but anyways, go follow Savannah, go follow the podcast at how to adult TW on Instagram and Facebook. We are going to have the best day ever because that's what we do. And we will continue to learn how to adult together. Thank you, Travis. Yeah.